thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Come on in. We're having a good time. We invite you, go back and watch previous episodes. We've been teaching a series called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. Because I tell you what, victory belongs to us at every place in life. Every circumstance in life, every season of life, victory belongs to us. We have to become skillful with our victory, but we can't become skillful if we don't know what our victory looks like. Amen. And so we're talking about something that I've referred to throughout this broadcast, and that is when my husband suddenly went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly, how did our family handle that? Because we're going to have times that are going to rise in life, whether um, it's the home going of a loved one, or what about just when things go differently than when you wish them to go? relationships that may fall apart, businesses, homes lost, things that, things that uh, are places of disappointment. Yes. Uh, what we do at those times uh, is going to be in line with what we know. So we have to know right so that we do right and that we end right. Amen. <laughs> so um, victory over grief and sorrow. Grief and sorrow doesn't just try to enter when someone leaves the earth. But any circumstances in life that would offer you sorrow, know how to address that. Um, because when I say that we are redeemed from grief and sorrow, the word tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 4, surely he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. Why? Because it took the Godhead to deal with it. Why? You can't deal with it. You can't live under that and live the life God authored for you. So he dealt with it so that we don't have to live under that flow of grief and sorrow. Now, that doesn't mean that at a time of, of something happening in your life that you won't weep. I'm not saying that it's wrong to weep over something because we, we, um, we're human. We have feelings. We have emotions, but they sh we should not get, get entrenched in those. If we get entrenched in that emotional arena, Grief and sorrow will enter through that arena. And uh, we can be sorrowful that something happened without it being a flow of sorrow, a spirit of sorrow, so to speak, getting a hold of us. Um, because things that move on us like that and touch us, we shouldn't live under it for years. It's for a moment. The Bible talks about weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. What's that referring to? It's wrong for things to stay too long. Just like it's wrong for uninvited company to show up and stay 
too long. A night or two may be fine, but a, a month or two probably is an issue, right? You stayed too long and it started breaking up the flow of the home. Well, there, we're to our, our, the house of our spirit is to be the house of his presence. And grief and sorrow will interrupt that flow. And uh, we're not coming down from the greater flow to accommodate a flow that we've been redeemed from. Amen. And so we need to know and believe what God's word says so we, that we shut out the flow of grief and sorrow from our life. Amen. Because I don't care who you are, you're going to have to learn how to deal with these things and gain skill. You don't have to keep going through it to gain skill if you'll be a good student of the word. You can apply the word the first time and be skillful. Amen. Uh, we were reading this, uh, Romans 15, 4. I, I, I so appreciate this passage and it's, uh, I'll probably keep referring to it in the episodes ahead, but it's important for us to learn. Romans 15, verse 4 reads, For whatsoever things were written aforetime. So he's saying what God had recorded of his word aforetime, before your situation showed up, before your difficulty yes. showed up, God wrote something to you. Yes. So whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, not just for Moses' learning, not just for Paul's learning, for our learning. So we have to learn what's written. As we learn what's written and believe it and do it, notice what's going to happen, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. I love this phrase, comfort of the Scriptures. We've got to learn to quit looking out here for our help when we can look to His words that carry and contain His power, His presence, and His help. Amen. Um, We were saying this, that God comforts us by giving us words. Learn to not let go of words. It matters that you remember the right words at a time of opposition, at a time of testing, at a time of emergency, at a time of trial. You have to draw on those words that have been planted in you, God's word. Draw on them. Those things that your pastor have preached, has preached to you, draw on those. Don't forget them and just flip out into here in the emotional arena, into the mental arena and cast aside what's been sown in your heart of the word. The part of the word we believe is the only part that can comfort us. So let's believe it all so we can get all the comfort. Amen. Because the comfort of the word is unlike any human comfort. It's divine comfort. Now, I want to read to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. Paul was writing this. And, you know, Paul listed the, the great tests he went through. Just because, you're, just because you have faith and just because you have revelation doesn't mean th- the devil's going to leave you alone. It just means you know what to do when he shows up. It, no, it means you know how to write the ending of that situation. So Paul, uh, all the things he went through, I want you to see what he said in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. It reads, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Look at this. And the God of all comfort. Look at that. He's a comfortable God. (laughs) He doesn't want your life in turmoil. Verse 4. Who comforts us? Who? God. God comforts us in all our tribulation. Now, how does he comfort us? We just read it. Mm -hmm. Comfort 
through the scriptures. He comforts us through his word in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So Paul said, the comfort God gave me when I went through tests and trials, I'm going to give you that comfort. In other words, I'm going to teach you what to draw on, what to do, how to respond. Because the skill Paul was saying that he had at receiving of the comfort, he wanted others to have that same skill. So he says this, that uh, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted. So God doesn't intend that what you've received from him, you keep to yourself. He intends that you take what he's given you and pass it to someone else. So I would say this to you, the skill he taught me at the time of that emergency is my delight to share it with you. Why? So that you don't face things unknowing. You face things with the knowledge of the word and how that knowledge plays out in skill. Amen. Um, As I was saying on previous episodes, October the 18th, 2013, it was a Friday. And uh, my kids came to the house and told me that my husband's plane had gone down. And so uh, there were, of course, no survivors. And I immediately started talking to my kids. Why? Because the Holy Ghost had told me two years before, all I want you doing is practicing peace. So I cast down any thought that didn't lead me to peace. So in that flow I was in, I was not willing to step out and find a different flow. God will establish some things in you so that you stay in them, not so that you step in and out of them, but you stay in it. He established me in that flow of peace for two years without knowing fully what he was preparing me for. Uh, But he established me in a flow and I knew how to stay in it. So what I did is I drew my kids into it. And I told them exactly where do you put this? Because see, when something happens, it it strikes the mind, right? Uh, In Ephesians, it talks about fiery darts. Mm -hmm. An event like that can land like a fiery dart. What? It'll land land with force and then spread. So I've got to tell, I'm I'm teaching my kids. Why? Because if they go the wrong direction, it's going to affect me. Mm -hmm. If I go the wrong direction at this moment, it's going to affect them. And so uh, I'm telling them how to stay in the right flow. Mm -hmm. Don't you touch this in your thought life. And I immediately talk to them and emphasize with them the importance of turning toward your spirit. Yes. Turn toward here. Your, the divine help is in here. The greater one is in here. Draw on what's in you. Don't, draw, don't get up in that mental arena. Don't, don't start asking questions. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Um, so this is what the Holy Spirit does is he, he prepares us so that we go the right direction and don't go the wrong direction then have to come back out of that wrong direction to get into the right direction. Amen. So that's what I was to do was take that flow of peace and hold not just me in it, but do what I can to bring my children into that. I did that with my kid, my congregation too. We taught them, what do you do with this? Because when something strikes 
an event strikes with force, you've got to put that somewhere. Where do I put that? You got to know what to turn to so that you don't put that in a place it shouldn't be. Don't put that into your mental arena. Turn here. Turn here. Start drawing on the fruits of the Spirit that are in you, the life of God, the nature of God, the help of God, the flow of the greater one that's in you. Turn here. To do that, you've got to quiet this. You've got to say, no, my mind will not run off with me. How do you know if you've turned to the mental arena if you're asking questions? In the faith arena is answers. In the mental arena is questions. Which... Are you drawing on? Did I have questions? Yes, but I'm not going to hook my attention to those questions and say, I'm not coming off of this question until it gets answered. I didn't do that. I hooked myself to the answer that's in me. What's in me? The power of God, the life of God, the peace of God, the fruits of the spirit, the joy of God. I hook to this flow that's in me. If I will hook to the, the flow that's in my spirit, all the questions that come to me get answered from this flow, yeah. the spirit flow, not from the mental, reason, mental yeah. uh, uh, reasoning flow, because that's where the, Satan starts interjecting. Yes. Yes. His thoughts, his input, his instruction. Yes. So as I sat there, I thought to myself, what is the last thing I preached? Because the Holy Ghost puts us in front of things. Um, Things are connected. Learn to connect the dots. I, um, I know, you know the word that says God has made us the head and not the tail. What's that mean? We're in front of things, not behind them. That's right. If you live your life behind things, all you're doing is the, the cleanup clue, crew for the devil's work. All the destruction he works, all the turmoil he works, and you're just running around trying to clean up the messes. We're not the cleanup crew. We're in front of things. And I know that's, that's the position. If we're following the Spirit, he'll keep us in front of things. So I thought to myself, now this is a Friday. I thought to myself, what was the last sermon I preached? Before this event. Well, that was our midweek service at our church. And the sermon I preached was this. I titled it this. God put your answer in you before your need ever shows up. That's that's what I preached. That was my word from God. What, 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 then, okay, then what does that mean? What does that mean to me that that moment? That means my answer's in me. My answer is already in me. I'm not going to start saying, God, what do I do? God, what happens now? I'm not going to do that. My answer is in me. It might take me a while for this to calm down enough to hear it, but my answer is in me. I'm not going to frantically run around mentally into that thought life and start chasing things in my head to try to locate my help. My answer is already in me. That way I'm not fearful. That way I'm not overwhelmed. God's already put the answer in me. Even if I can't articulate what that answer is, it's already in me. And as I stay connected to my spirit, to my heart, what's going to happen 
is I'm going to draw on that answer. If I'll draw out of my spirit, I'm going to draw out that answer. God's not going to all of a sudden author the answer and say, quick, this happened to her today. Throw this answer in her. No, he already stocked the shelves of my spirit with the answers. Now I've got just like if a chef... If he needs something out of the pantry, out of a cabinet, when he needs it, he's got to go and draw it out of that location. That's the same thing. The answer is already stocked for your situation, for your circumstances. The answers are already stocked in your spirit. Now go take it off the shelf of your spirit. You do that. You do it by several ways. One of the ways you feed on the word because it helps locate the life that's already in you. Not only that, you worship God. Worship draws out of you what's in you. Praying in the spirit in other tongues. There's however the spirit of God directs you. But I wasn't going to sit there and go into a mental panic. It was, it was, it was a time of emergency, but I'm not panicking. I refuse to panic. That's a sign I've turned to the wrong arena. I've turned to the mental arena. I've got to turn toward the help arena, which is my spirit. So um, don't look for your answer in the wrong location. God did not stock the answers for your life in your mind. He stocked them in your spirit and then your spirit enlightens your mind when you draw on it. So one of my sons said to me, said, mom, what are we going to do now? And I said, we're going to do what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This event does not rewrite our, the path. It might rewrite how we walk out the path, but it does not change the path. Wisdom is knowing what path did God have you on? Don't get off the path. I said, we're going to stay on the course God had us on all along. We did that. Dad Hagen was our spiritual father. When Dad Hagen went home to be with the Lord, we didn't all of a sudden look for a new path. We stayed with the path that God had us on as we were under his ministry. Then my husband and I, we walked out that path. When my husband left, I was still on the right path. I'm not at the moment of my husband's exit looking, where do I go now? I stay on the path that I was on before. Now, if God told me to change something, I'm open. But I'm not going to change it. I'm going to let God direct any changes. I'm not going to figure out a change. Now, for us, of course, we're in five-fold full-time ministry. My husband traveled mainly on the road. I pastored at the church, but I, I also traveled with him. But I'm saying he was called to fivefold. I was called to fivefold. What if I wasn't called to fivefold in the sense of I wasn't a pulpit minister? I didn't teach or preach the word. Um, God will direct what to do from that point. But he's not going to just throw the path away. I just knew... Uh, For me, I was clear. And if there's something that God has you to change, he'll let you know. But I'm just, just know this. You don't have to change it that day. (laughs) 
That's what most people do. What am I going to do? You don't have to answer that today. The day of that, the day of that emergency is not the day you have to answer everything about your future. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone and give God time to be heard. And this is where many people miss it. They think I've got to do, no, you don't. You don't have to do anything but hear. That's all you've got to do. I don't even have to answer things right. I just have to hear. If I hear, the answer will be in the hearing. I don't have to say, oh, I've got to find the answer. I've got to find the answer. No, I don't. I just hear. I just quiet and I hear. Amen. I knew this when my sons asked me, what are we going to do now? The plan of God for this family did not leave with my husband. The plan of God was articulated and given to this family through my husband. But we picked up that plan and we just kept going so that when one person that's in the plan is no longer here, the plan's still here. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that um, God planned for your life before time, ahead of time, he formed a plan. And this is the Amplified, that he planned a time beforehand. Uh, if, if you would, put up the Amplified for me, and I'd like to read the Amplified. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do, look at this, that we may do those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us, taking paths he prepared ahead of time. He has already prepared a plan, paths for your life ahead of time. Ahead, not just ahead of the time of that crisis, but ahead of time before time started being measured. When we were, when it was still in eternity, God planned for your life. And then he assigned that plan to you during this time. But it's not time that authored it for you. God authored the plan. And and anything, uh, God's plan for your life did not enter with a person. It entered when God planned it. He joined that plan to you before your body was even in the earth. So that means this. The, the plan of God didn't enter with a dear, another person. For your life, the plan of God didn't enter with another person. Therefore, it can't exit with them. Now, don't misunderstand me. Part of the plan of God, it was the plan of God that I be married to the man I was married to. Why? He was my Bible school. I never went to a Bible school. He was it. Dad Hagen was my Bible school. Dr. Lester Summerall, my Bible school. Kenneth Copeland, my Bible school. These men that God put in my life to be voices, they help me gain light of the plan. Now, if I would have married someone different than I married, my life would not have taken the plan. It would have taken a whole different route. But my husband entering my life helped the path that God had for me, helped me go further down that path. But the plan of God for my life didn't leave because my husband left. That means in the morning after my husband's home going, I woke up and there was still a plan to wake up for. I don't wake up and say, what do I do with my life now? The plan. 
I'm carrying out the plan. Every one of you, God has a plan. No matter if it's a home lost, a business lost, a relationship lost. You wake up tomorrow morning, the plan of God is still there waiting for you to, waiting for you to walk it out. Amen. I live for the plan. Amen. Just fulfilling the plan. It's the greatest thing to get up for every single day. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, my husband poured so much into me, into our children, that um, the way I'm going to honor him is by continuing. Keep going the right direction. Don't fall off into the wrong direction. Don't go the wrong direction. Uh, Keep moving forward. There's a plan for me to fulfill. There's a plan for my children to fulfill, and we're not laying any of it down. And we told our congregation, there's still a plan. And all of you still have a part in it, and we're going to just keep running it together. Amen. Never lay down anything that God has made yours. Take everything God's made yours and run full force ahead. Press against everything that pushes on you. Just keep pressing. What what my husband did, he prepared us through the word he put in us to keep carrying out the plan. That's what he did. Now, how do I honor him? By carrying out that word carrying out that plan. I don't honor him by throwing myself or yielding myself to a hole of sorrow, grief, and depression that hinders me in the plan. Amen. Grief and sorrow is not a flow of honor because Jesus came to redeem us from it. If it were honor, he wouldn't need to come redeem us from it. Amen. But we are redeemed so that we can fulfill the plan. Well, you don't want to miss it. We're going to keep talking about this as we go forward. And, uh, Until you join us next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. God offers you His thoughts. Take them. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound, Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. God's words will reach into your everyday life, transforming it. It will lift you from a commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Ontario, Canada at Promise of Life Church, August 27th through the 31st. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, The Healer Divine, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has already made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.